this is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that he's practicing every day that is allowing him to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader shares his personal journey of living out his daily life with intention. You see his courage to finally face his fears after 33 years is allowing him to begin living a life that he never believed was achievable. His personal journey is allowing him to be an inspiration for others, including myself. Listen in as he's teaching us the value of never giving up on yourself and how to apply your beliefs every day to live your life with success. Mike Qualls is my guest today. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 show 36 starts now. Welcome to the program, Mike. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. So many of you don't know Mike Qualls, my cousin, but today we're going to take you on a journey of his life because I think it is so critical, people that are going through a lot of pain, a lot of struggles in their life. Mike has spent the last six months really committing to himself a change in his entire life. He finally made the decision that it was going to be a different life. And so I've asked him to come on the program, and here we sit in the studio, and it's really going to take us on a journey of how he has struggled since he was 13 years old. Long time. Long time. Mike, you're 45, getting ready to turn 46. Yeah. Yeah. 46. So you think of 33 years. Yeah. 33 years. 33 years. And you grew up in a great big family. We had a big supportive family. Oh, yeah. Very religious background. Um, a lot of support, and Mike is the baby of nine children, is a, is a twin. Oh, yeah. Mike and Michelle, always the baby of the big family and the twins, and and so he, I know this isn't easy. No, it's, oh, yeah, it was, a, it was fun growing up being the youngest. Fun growing up being the youngest, and there were a lot of things that you learned watching the other parts of your family. Well, yeah, you're talking three gen- three generations of uh, ones to watch. I didn't know Debbie was my sister till I was what ten. <laughs> so, at the oldest, so how old? How much of an age difference is there between you and Debbie? Eighteen years. Eighteen years. So you've got a big span in the family, and a lot of people come from large families. Mm-hmm. Not me, but <laughs> 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 but. You know, it's interesting because there's a lot of things that you take for granted. You have um, a lot of siblings that you think, oh, well, you'll just watch them and you'll do what they do. But when there's such an age gap, you know, you're kind of, you and Michelle were kind of born and you were, there were a lot of things happening in your family. Yeah, Michelle was, uh, she was the brains and I was, what do you call it, uh, some have, um, common sense and some have brains i had the common sense she had the brains <laughs> so it took you 33 years to get your common sense right yeah not, you know, <laughs> right if i'd had the brains i'd have done it uh, 33 years ago right? no 
I had the common sense, but I didn't have the smarts that she had. Well, but that, you know what happens with twins, though. Well, and and so a lot of things we talk about in life are how you look at yourself through your life and have that confidence to be able to do things that you believe about yourself. Yeah. Right. And at thirteen, you started doing some things that weren't really good for you. Oh, I was on my I've just made it. I was on my own. I uh, even though I had a big family, I was the youngest and I could uh, I could disappear for days and uh, you wouldn't be noticed. Mm-hmm. There was just so many. So uh, I just did what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and that stuck with me and always did what I wanted to do and mm-hmm. it catches up with you. And it's hard when you have the ability to do what you want to do, but you don't have the capacity to make the decisions. Exactly. Right? Right. When you think that you can make big decisions like that at that young of an age, you can't. Mm -hmm. And you had a lot of struggles. You know, this is, uh, I feel like this is such a somber show, but it's so serious because (laughs) as I've watched you, I've known you all my life. (laughs) Yeah. And a few years ago, I went through a transition in my life to become a coach and, and you kind of recognized that and you said, Hey, I, I, uh, I want to connect you because there's some things that you don't know about me in my life. Right. That was a big step too. Cause what we hadn't talked and uh, I think we'd uh, see each other's at funerals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, really that was about the base of, of it. Uh, and yeah, I, it was like, it's no, I'm going to get a hold of Melanie. People go in different directions and, and what made you at that point? Because you had a lot of things. I mean, you've had the loss of a son in your life. Yeah. You've, um, and that, that traumatized you. Made me numb, mm-hmm. uh, which was a hard thing to overcome too. When you become numb to death and numb to all that stuff, uh, that takes years to get over. I still fight that to this day. Uh, I don't think you ever get over that. That's That was part of your journey and part of you. You lost a part of you. Right. And when I lost it, uh, I let it go and didn't, didn't look back at it. Mm-hmm. It was gone. It was, there was nothing you can do. And I never got that. How could you say it without sounding mean, but... Uh, there for a long time I didn't have any feeling for anybody uh, and that stinks that mm-hmm. does but. because you do go numb but a lot of people experience that you yeah. know but it feels like you're isolated it feels like when you're going through it that there's nobody else that's ever gone through that the way that you've gone through it yeah to an extent but for me it was different it, it didn't bother me to feel isolated and that's how easy it was to uh, uh, just slip into that. It was real easy, just uh, to kind of go away. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. And and so you uh, through that, you know, th- kind of through sadness, through not feeling connected, through feeling like you had the capacity to be isolated. You did. You kind of disappeared from. From society, from existence, from the normal responsibilities. Normal responsibilities. There you go. Because I didn't disappear. I was, I was well known. They don't call me the almost famous Mike Qualls for nothing. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I'm, you said it. That's exactly right. Because there were a lot of things that you have, um, you are, people know, right? When a quals comes in, you don't forget them. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hard to. <laughs> but, but you established your character for people because everybody loves you. Everybody loves your smile. Everybody loves the way you light up the room. But yeah, and I right? tell you, I wouldn't. People say I wished I could change the way I grew up, or I wished I could change this, or I, I wished I could change that. You know what? Here's how I feel about it. I would not change anything that I went through in my in my past. And that's what has made me. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I, I'm I'm able to grow from it instead of dwell on it. You can't dwell on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you only get stronger through faith and and prosperity keep going mm-hmm. i mean if i sit here and wished i could change every, everything my goodness i would be a very depressed person <laughs> you can't do that so i just don't dwell on it um, well and and i really want to talk about the scary times you know because at 13 you were had alcohol in your life oh definitely non-stop and really up until six months ago up until six months ago we was just talking about that on the porch uh i can't think of the a six-month period since I was 13 that I was sober. That's amazing. It really is. And I sit here and look at you, and I think somebody that would meet you for the first time had never had an, an experience with Mike Walls would never realize that that journey, what, what has brought you to this point. And so six months ago, you decided. You told yeah. me. You made a decision. Yeah. What was different? What was different this time than every other time that you said, this is it? Well, I re- you repeat the same thing over and over without any. Uh, it's insane. So, well, I was close to death. I was, I was going to die. There wasn't no way out of it. Uh, it wouldn't have been no time. Another month or two, I'd have been dead. And I seen that. And everything was just over and over. You just you did the same thing, got the same response. You didn't you it was never ending. Mm-hmm. It had to stop. And well my dad had told me years ago, he said he says, You you're pickled. You're you're nothing but a drunk. He says, You're gonna lose a friend every year until they're all gone. And last year my buddy called me. He says, uh, "He says, Qualls, it's only me and you left." And he, he was right. It was only me and him left out of all our friends. Uh, it was just me and him, the only ones left alive. They're all gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it's that's a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. And it about averaged out one a year. Mm-hmm. And so, we how did you? Because in that state, it's hard to really stop and think about how to line things up, you know, and how to say, you know, a lot of people are scared. And then you go, I wish I had that kind of life, like the life that you have today. Looking back seven months ago, right? Seven months ago, you hadn't made the decision. Right. Yeah, I hadn't made the decision. I had made it time and time before, but never followed through. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I'd I'd make that decision for other, for other people. When you make the decision for yourself, that's 
a whole different story. When you do it for yourself and not for somebody else, you're going to accomplish it. You can't change for somebody else. You can't. You have to want it. You really have to want it. But how do you, how do you, how did you, how do you today get up every day and think I can do this? Like I can be strong through this. Well, that's what makes me smile every morning mm-hmm. is that I can get up. And I hear it all the time. Oh, my goodness, man. I can't believe it's already five o'clock in the morning. I got to get up. Oh, all right, all right. I'll quit your growling. <laughs> if it wasn't five o'clock in the morning, it'd be five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, no, it's morning. Well, if you was working nights, it'd be in the afternoon. Nobody wants to get up. Just get up and do it, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it all is all about your attitude, even through the things that you've learned, through the struggles, through the alcoholism, through losing a child through difficult relationships, through losing friends, through not knowing seven months ago what you were going to do to survive. Well, yeah, I mean, come on. Seven months ago, what? I was living in in a house that was being remodeled, no heat, it was minus degrees, and the guy says, well, you got a zero-degree bag. He says, you'll be fine. <laughs> well, yeah, you'll be fine. Heck, as long as I have me a few beers at the end of the night, and I'll snuggle up in that bag, we'll get up and go to work in the morning. It gets to be, uh, that was a changing point. You can't keep doing this. Look where you're at, even though you're making this money. Look what you're doing to yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to die. It's, I mean, there's no way out of it. And they ain't nobody care. Uh, the only one that's going to care is you. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember the phone calls. I think a, a lot of people that have experienced this with a family member, you remember those calls and you, your heart just drops for that person because you think if they could only see, if yeah. they could only just decide tomorrow, if they could just have the confidence, right, to just get through that, that scary step. That's the big one. I mean, once you make the choice, once you once you make the choice that you're going to do it, no matter what you do, um, if you go to a place and you get help, yeah, it's scary. It's scary, but you got to grab it with both hands, and you got to make it work. Mm-hmm. But how do you? How did you? You were at the Wheeler Mission. Yeah, I was at the Wilder Mission. You've been at camp. I mean, I want to, I want you to talk about it if yeah. you're comfortable. Yeah, I'm Be- real comfortable because with it. I'll talk about it because there's some some things that um, you know. We, I went to an AA meeting with you. I'd never experienced that in my life. Right, and you went to an AA meeting with with me after I had a few drinks. And what the next time we went, I went and got a start over to token. But uh, and that was really hard. That was amazing. I think to experience if people haven't done that with a family member. Right. Uh, I'm telling you what, I was amazed. It was your idea, and I was dead against AA for years. But you had experienced it before. Right. And you had not had a good experience. No, I didn't have a good experience at all. And I said, I'll never go back to AA again, ever. Mm -hmm. And I was completely wrong about that. That was kind of your own denial. That was your own kind of like defense. Yeah. That I don't need it. I don't need that. I'm not a drunk. Everybody just thinks I'm a drunk. I'm not a drunk. I'm okay. <laughs> now that's the Mike Qualls we know. <laughs> <laughs> My boss would he he would put a breathalyzer in the truck in the morning. He says if you blow over a .03 uh, in the morning, you're not working. Mm-hmm. And I'd roll in and I'd blow a .17. He'd say, not only are you working, how the heck did you even get down here? 
Why did you get it's down there? It's not even said, funny, but it's... No, it's not. It's not funny, but there's that it gets that bad that most people that would die at uh, 0.27... Uh, I'm just I'm I'm starting to get the shakes when I get that low. That's how bad it, it was. I had to start drinking when I when my alcohol level got to point two seven. Uh, it was too low. Wow. That was it was awful. I'm saying I was that way this last time for uh, a good six months, and uh, I'm surprised. I'm I'm really surprised. I walked away from that. Mm-hmm. You've got you've got something else well, to yeah, give. Good Lord's got big plans for me. Uh, I think the good Lord does have good plans for you. Big plans. No, there's no doubt in my mind. Big about plans. It. There's so much. So I want you to talk to me about the experience because now it would be different if you went back to Wheeler Mission. But the first time that you went to Wheeler Mission and had accepted, like, okay, I'm going to try this because I need some help. Right. Yeah, I did that. Um, so, so that experience and going to camp, like, walk us through that process. Well, you were close. It, it's a Wheeler Mission is a, it's a good program, but I mean that it's uh, intense, and a lot of people cannot uh, can't do that because mm-hmm. it's just too much. You can't force sobriety on somebody. You can't do it, and you want it, and you're going to try it. You're going to do it, but when it's forced on you, you're going to you're going to walk out of there. And fall right back into the same thing that you did. And that's the only thing that was bad about that that place is there wasn't any way out of it. And I should have seen that um, when I was there, but I didn't. I was gung-ho about the whole program, getting sober and everything else. And it worked while I was there. While you were there? While I was there. But the minute I walked out. So uh, do, do you think, and I know that you've taken some of the 15 Laws class. Yes. And you've read the book. Read and, the book. And, and that took me a year and a half to read that book. Uh, and it, it is great. The words on the page, you know, you think yeah. about there's all these words, but the words on this these pages. Right. You give me that book a year and a half ago, and I said, I'm going to read it, I'm going to read it, I'm going to read it. And I guess I just do everything in my own time. Mm-hmm. And finally I sat down and I decided I was going to read it, and I read a chapter a night. And then I got to a chapter of the book where it was telling you not to, you know, not to, overdo yourself in these chapters take your time so i slowed down it took me uh, i started reading slower i read mm-hmm. it slower got to understand it mm-hmm. started writing things down mm-hmm. write it down uh, that book's that book's awesome that book is great it uh, is awesome because it literally gives you the strategies yes it does yes. to believe that you can do it and i and so i want to talk about like wheeler mission helps you create some strategies while you're there. Yes. Right? And so I think it's a good place for people, if you've never experienced something, if you need that structure, if you need just a start, right? But you have to... You well, that have, place is scary, too. But you have to be able to take that, what they teach you. You have to keep... Yeah. Yes, you have to keep it with you. You have to... And there's a lot of people that spend a lot of time there mm-hmm. and, and can... Uh, quote the Bible to you frontwards and backwards. And there's a lot of people in jail that can do that same thing, but did it stick with with you or did you just do it because you had to? Mm -hmm. It's a different story when you have to and when you want to. Mm -hmm. And that was the difference that I, I didn't, I wanted to when I started out, but 
then it become a have to thing. And, and then it, you f- almost felt like, and I know we've talked about this, but at the point that it's like, okay, I'm excited to do this, right? Yeah. Because it's somebody else's energy. You're like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And then it was like, I don't really want to do this. I don't want to do it this way. There you go. There you go. I don't want to do this this way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, this is not going to work for me. And somebody, and it's for some people, it just doesn't. Uh, so, so after you left, you know, you kind of backslid. The day I left, the day I left, pack of cigarettes and a beer. Mm-hmm. It was my first thought. That's, that's terrible to say that, but it, 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 it was. And that's the way it is for a lot of people that leave those kind of uh, programs not saying that the programs are bad or anything it's just the mindset's not there mm-hmm. it's a mindset yeah big thing i want to focus on this is you know in this book too what it talks about your intentionality yeah you know what you believe and the things that you're afraid of and growing up in a family you know there's all these gaps that you grow up and you don't even know that they're there you right you don't you don't know that they're there it's Comparing yourself, you know, you have an older brother, like, am I doing like he is? Am I doing good enough? Am I, you know, am I getting the love and acceptance from my mom and dad like all the other kids? Oh, it, yeah, you didn't go down that road to my house. Right. <laughs> I'm, I know. Right. Yeah, you didn't, uh, you didn't. You didn't even ask that question. <laughs> but that's part of it. You know, yeah. believing, it's the belief in yourself yeah. that you can not make a mistake, that you don't have to be compared, that you it's the right time for you to be able to do something that you believe in. And so many of those things are about your intention. But if you don't believe it first. Right. Yeah. If you don't believe it, you can't act on it. Mm -mm. And just like you talked about the Wheeler mission, it's a great place, but you almost, it's hard to have the right mindset to go into a facility. That's really going to help you because they're there. They're designed to help. But, if you don't come, right, if you don't come into it with the right attitude and the right mindset, it, it, you can't just magically get the right strategies. Exactly. Yeah, you, you, you can't. When I got out of there, um, yeah, I mean, I learned a lot. A lot. I, I learned a lot. But my mindset wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Just like you were saying, it just, just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a guy that uh, came up to where I'm at now, uh, Spent 17 months there. We was talking about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the same thing, his mindset wasn't, wasn't there mm-hmm. after 17 months. So you said something tonight, which we've always said. I think we always laugh about it in our family, but there's one thing. There's one thing that you got to learn how to do. You got to learn how to make that bed. You got to learn how to make the bed. <laughs> Get up and do that first thing in the morning, and you're on a good you're on a good roll. <laughs> you're are, on to something as long as it doesn't jump. <laughs> there are so many people that talk about that as motivational speakers, as just people that do things with intent. If you can get up and make your bed in the morning, that is a strategy that will help you feel like. I have achieved something. Right. <laughs> well, just like this this one feller, he's, his routine in the morning is, is he's the best toast maker in the, anywhere. <laughs> he's got his toast, his butter, and his jam all on each side. He gets that toast all buttered up and jammed up, doesn't miss a corner, nothing. Takes it over the microwave, heats it up. Morning routine, does it every morning. And we're all sitting there just looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> But if he doesn't do that, he doesn't feel like he's he's ready to go in the morning. So he gets up, and I don't know if he makes his bed or not. I don't care. <laughs> You're gonna go check <laughs> it, aren't you? 
but he gets his toast right. <laughs> he gets his toast right. But it is about having that one strength. It's one thing that knowing can get you going. that you can accomplish that. Right. Start small. Start uh, small. Start small. Don't uh, don't jump into the, anything too fast, too quick. Is that's the way it worked for me. I just decided I'm not going head first into this gung ho and you know yeah 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 and you know because. I'm going to fall flat on my face. I already, I already knew that. Mm-hmm. And when I come to Progress House, that's what I said. And I told him the minute I walked in there, I said, I'm not, I am not doing anything fast. I said, I'm taking my time at this and I'm going to get it right. Mm-hmm. I said, there's no way out of it. If I don't get it right this time, I'm, I'm just going to be a dead man. There's just no way out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've done. And it works for, works for me. And everything falls into place. Everything falls into place in my in in my time uh, I don't know how to explain that because I don't have a time limit but it falls into place in my time mm-hmm. and I says well what do you mean you got a time limit no I don't have a time limit but it just seems to be working well for me mm-hmm. and a lot of it's in that book if you follow the <laughs> Talk talk about consistency. I mean, we can go through this whole thing, oh. but but I think it's great because it touches on the law of design. You know, you intention. You've intentionally said, "I want my life to look different." One thing that sticks out to me and still does is well, there's several uh, passages and phrases in that book, but one is uh, the story about the pumpkin and the jug. Mm-hmm. I love that 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 one. I do. I love that to death because it's the truth. Uh, you can put, the, you can grow that pumpkin in that jug, but it's not going to get any bigger than that jug. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't confine it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let that pumpkin grow. <laughs> you know, I had a friend on that that talked about that because I love that lesson too. The plant that you have, the roots are going to grow, and you can't confine it. Right. Because as it grows, it's it's going to bust out of that that plant. You've got to change the environment to be able to get it to grow in the right capacity. Yeah. And so. What you just said, what you talked about is you could go. You knew that there were things that you were struggling with. Yeah, you had this great big family. But, you know, just because we have a big family, just because we have a lot of friends, doesn't mean that they have the capacity to be able to help. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. I got, uh, well, I mean, when it comes right down to it, I got 11 brothers and sisters and me. And we all live, well, besides three of them live out of, out of town. Mm-hmm. But we all live relatively close mm-hmm. within within walking distance mm-hmm. if, if so be that I bet the smaller families see their uh, brothers and sisters more than I see mine mm-hmm. but but it's hard because when we're all struggling all 11 of you right you all have different things that you're struggling with and each of the other ones doesn't really have the ability to help or add value to you because they don't really understand your journey your journey is your journey right so it's the people that you surround yourself with getting into the right environments. So you, for you, Wheeler Mission was great when you were there. It was the beginning of motivation. It was the beginning of motivation. And so then you left, and but now you knew more, right? When you talk about today, you take a, you take a class or you read a book, and you're like, okay, great, I got it. <laughs> and then you experience something, and it changes you. Yes. So the Wheeler Mission... You experienced that, and it changed you, and you thought, okay, maybe I should go back there. Did that. And I remember a year ago you said, 
I'm going to go back there because I think that's where I need to be. I think I'm ready to do this again. I didn't finish it. And if you don't finish something, uh, well, that's the way I feel now. If I don't finish something, I feel like, I feel like I've lost something. If, I didn't, if, I'm, if I'm not starting something and finishing it, uh, I feel like a failure. <laughs> i got to finish it. <laughs> but I just couldn't do it. And so you walked away. You checked yourself out. You were like, I'm done. Well, yeah, I mean, and then it went, it went, it, and then it went government and government stepped in and changed everything. So, I mean, I'm not to bring up government or anything on, on your show. <laughs> we can't but talk it, politics. But, no, no politics, <laughs> but it did. And it was all different. So it wasn't the same program that I went, went into, but well, I, and I decided that that wasn't, that wasn't, wasn't the route for me. It wasn't the route for you. And so, but you had changed and you kind of knew what to expect. And then you were like, this is really not where I need to be right now. So you left. Yeah. And then you got really bad. Oh, really bad. Yeah. Yeah. And you were. <laughs> I didn't think I was really bad, but yeah, I got really bad. Uh, you got really bad. And you were working, you were living in the places that you were working. Yeah. In really bad parts of neighborhoods. Oh, yeah. Shooting it every night. Uh, and I remember those phone calls. And it was, <laughs> and I was scared to death for you. But as an outsider, right? There's nothing that we can do right. for that person that's experiencing that besides be supportive. Right. And so, again, you've made that decision. You, you said, I've, I've found something now. I found something different. I'm almost about ready to die, and I don't want to die. Right. And yeah. so what was your step? What was the thing that then got you to the Progress House? My niece. Yeah. She says, Uncle Mike, she says, I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch you die. I'm not going to do it. She says, I, she's, I'm going to make a couple calls. She called me back. She gave me a number and I said, all right, I'm going to call it. And I called it and they put me on a waiting list. And I was like, there ain't no way I'm going to be able to wait. I got to get in somewhere now. I'm going, I, if I keep, if I keep doing them, it's, it's going to be into me. And I called, I called, I did the, the, the thing, call every day, check in. And, uh, that's consistency. Right. And that's what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. And finally, I called him up and I told him, I said, man, I said, I, I said, I fell off the wagon. I said, I've had a drink. I need to get in there. He says, don't drink anything night beer first thing in the morning. And I went first thing in the morning. And, uh, I was like, okay, here we go. Another program. Uh, but this one was, this one was the one for me. It just, it, it uh, they, they let you, uh, they let you do things, uh, your way they uh, you have the accountability mm-hmm. which is a big thing you got you got to be accountable for yourself you can't have somebody be accountable for, for you and think that anything's going to that you're going to accomplish anything because you're not mm-hmm. you're just not it's not it just ain't gonna work mm-hmm. so the minute that you are accountable for yourself uh, things things change mm-hmm. and when you can uh, you can get back in at the end of the night and say you know what I got a lot of things done and I, I did it and I'm accountable. And every day uh, you get, you strengthen yourself every day. Mm-hmm. Every meeting you go to, you'll, you'll pick stuff up. Uh, just like reading this book. I can read a chapter and go back and read it again and missed all kinds of stuff. Uh, and that's your, your whole perception. Everything changes because every, of what you've experienced now. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. uh, every day you learn something new. Mm-hmm. Just like the twelve steps, everybody says, "Well, what you, what do you do once you get to the twelve steps? You just fall off. You just fall off and go back down to the beginning." No, and you're always working, 
working another step. Mm-hmm. Working, you know, you got to go back. Uh, you know, What's been you, the hardest step for you out of the 12 steps? Four. Um, which is uh, uh, when you got to write down uh, people that you've hurt, uh, things you've done wrong. When you're in my situation, you don't think you hurt anybody. Uh, and digging down and, and what do they call it? Uh, making a journal, not a journal yourself, but making a, I can't remember the name of it. Stumped. Can't believe that. Um, <laughs> not you. Not me. I know. You always have something to say. <laughs> always have something to say. Yeah. Now you all <laughs> know where I get it from. <laughs> can't think of that word to save my, <laughs> save my life. Um, and we were just talking about that the other day in, in, in a meeting. Uh, but you just journal. You journal about yeah. your own life. Right. Making. Uh, I cannot believe you can get that word. <laughs> I'll think of it here in a minute. Watch the show VR and be like, "Hey, Melody, you remember that word I was talking about? Here it is." So, so step four. So, can you take me through the steps? Step one is uh, admitting that you uh, that there's a higher power than you, and that uh, you have a problem and you and you need help. Mm-hmm. And when we st- when we were together, the first few meetings I mean I I look at you seven months ago a year and a half ago but especially seven months ago because I remember you sitting with you at those meetings going you just don't get it like people were up talking about like I'm powerless to alcohol right I'm powerless over this yeah and and I saw you how, how much of a struggle that was and so for family members that are experiencing someone in their life that they're trying to help, you know, yeah. we, we all, right? We all said, how can we do this one thing that's going to help Mike realize, like, you could have a different life. But what you told me upstairs before we started this. Which time? <laughs> <laughs> Every time that, but right. but every time since you've done this is, it wasn't about me. It was about you. Right. I mean, you did it on your own time, and that's so important for every single person that loves somebody that is dealing with this, because alcoholism, whatever it, it's an addiction. And it's it's an addiction, and the disease part of it, I've come to find out, is not. It's the the disease. From what I understand, is because I was always against that alcoholism disease. It is the um, it's an allergy where you could say you know you have one drink and put it down and you're good. With well, the minute that that hits our our system, it's it's like and it's an it's an allergy. That's what makes it the disease is mm-hmm. that we can't just stop at one, mm-hmm. and we don't know when we're going to stop. At all. That's what makes it the disease part of it, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so when people say, oh, it ain't a disease, it ain't a disease, it's not the alcohol that's the disease, it's the allergy to the alcohol that's the disease, mm-hmm. in my eyes. It just sets everything off, you know? It's yeah. like that trigger. It's what it's what's going to trigger it once it gets into your body. Right. Yeah, so... So when you admit, when you say first, right, every day, you say... I'm powerless to this. 
Yes. And you can't coddle somebody that's an addict. You can't do it. You can't take them by the hand and guide them through it. And I see that happen daily. When parents bring their 30-year-old child to the progress house and they go through their room to look to make sure that they're in a stable place and everything else. And these guys are in their 30s. Um, I think, well, that, their parents are not helping them at all. It's not helping them. You drop them off at the door. <laughs> Grow up. Uh, I mean, it's, I'm, I hate to be that brutally honest, but if you hold somebody's hand uh, and, and say, oh, everything's going to be okay, uh, set your laundry on, I'll come and get it. Um, do you need any money? Uh, grandma's uh, buying your cigarettes and everything else. Uh, you're not going to learn anything. Mm -hmm. You're still, you're, they're enabling you. Everybody needs to quit enabling you and let you figure it out and do it. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's just, that's the blunt point of it right there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I hate to see it because you already know grandma's going to be there to pick them up in a week. And, and they're not going to go through that, the acceptance of owning it themselves. Right. There you go. Mm -hmm. Owning it yourself. Mm -hmm. You got to own it. You got to say, okay, this is my problem. Hi, I'm Mike. I'm an alcoholic and my problem is me. I learned that from a guy. His name's Mike, too. I love that guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was easy to remember, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness, I'll tell you. Good thing his name wasn't John. <laughs> He'd be being called Mike anyway. I call him George or Jim. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know, you get those quirky little phrases and stuff, but uh, that's the truth, man. The problem is not everybody else. It's you. The minute you realize that, you can't. There's one that got me. I love this one the most. This one here really gets me, man. I'm gonna. Who are you to blame? And this is this this is another one of the steps that uh, that I fight with is I can't blame anybody. And when they say, okay, well, you need to write down what what caused you to start drinking. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I can think of things that. But uh, this is an ongoing joke between me and uh, me and Jerry, my. My my nephew is he when I was up up there trying to sober up, he said that every time that a celebrity died, you'd go get drunk. He said it wouldn't make no difference if you knew the celebrity or not. He said he says I wouldn't even come in and say you know that uh, a celebrity died because you oh man I gotta have a drink oh he's dead oh you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> it was an ongoing joke because he seemed like every time somebody died you had went and had your drink. And he says I said that was just an excuse. It's excuses. I can't blame anything. Mm -hmm. on me drinking at all the minute i come to that real realization i was i, I was ready to roll, i'm 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 ready to go on down the road with it let's mm -hmm. go let's get this let's get this under control but nobody's to blame but me for people that are still in that space right. right for people that are still in that space close your eyes right and you go back into that place and go yeah well a celebrity died it's okay <laughs> yeah, but that was it. that was that was that like, was that mindset. Yeah, it was any any reason you could find. Mm -hmm. Now, but you have, and you talked about this to me, and you've said it a little bit. But it's so important when we when we go through something. You know, we've got people that are surrounding us, and and it's good to have support. It's good to have people that can just love us and help us get the things, the necessities that we need. I got that this time around. Mm -hmm. The last time I didn't. 
I didn't. I ran off and was going to do this all by myself. Didn't need no support. Didn't need nothing. I'm just going to go do this. I'll have it under control in no time. I'm not no alcoholic. I can get it straight. No, you can't. I mean, you got to have support and stuff. And, and to me, the meetings, uh, which we started going to them. I didn't want to go. I did not want to go to the meetings. Like, oh boy, oh boy. But now I'm like, man, I got to go catch a meeting. Uh, mm -hmm. Not even thinking about it. I got to go catch one. I'll talk to you later. I got to go. I got to. <laughs> but it's intentional, though. You've really decided. You have made every decision. That every hour of every day you're accountable. They, yeah, same thing, accountable. I heard one uh, the other morning, well, I work all day long, and, and uh, I just don't know if I can keep, I, I can't control my sobriety and be working and, and all this. And, and I looked at him, and I kind of grinned. And I was like, you expect me to believe that? Do you really think I'm going to believe that? Can you try again? Can you give me something else? <laughs> Because you've been through it, right? I was like, I was like, I, I can't even believe you're. I can't believe you're sending this my way. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> you take sobriety with you when you go to bed. You get up with it in the morning. It goes with you to work. You don't, <laughs> you don't just leave it to the side and say, "All right, man, I'll be back in a minute." I'm, I'll be when I get back off work. No, we're going to work on this again. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> it goes with you everywhere you're at. It is with you. And it's who you become. It really is. And you have to learn that. It's not something that you're just going to, it's, it's not just, it's, you're not going to catch it like a common cold. <laughs> you have to work on it. Mm -hmm. And and people say, you know, that uh, self-help books and everything doesn't work, but they do. If you use them for that, for that purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, they do work. You have to internalize them. You know, I think a lot of people, they read it. And they there go, oh, go. yeah, I can apply that. And, yeah, that makes sense. But really making the change. People hate to change. People yes. hate to change. And they fear change. Yes. Because yes. fear really messes with you. Oh, well, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. And you don't even realize what, what you're, you really don't realize what you're afraid of sometimes. Oh, I'm not afraid of nothing. But, yeah, you are. Mm -hmm. I remember you saying that a lot. Yeah, I still say it. <laughs> but, uh, because fear can really mess with the outcomes. You know, if you let that get in into your mind. Yeah, you'll stop. You'll stop. Right. Uh, so what do you do today when you start to feel that fear? How's that saying it? I'm trying to think what chapter that's in. But, um it's like the rubber band. If you don't stretch it, it's no, you can wrap a rubber rubber band around something, but if you don't if you don't stretch it, it's not. It's the rubber band ain't doing it any good. You got to stretch yourself out there. You got to put yourself out there. Uh, you got to put yourself in an uncomfortable it, you, every day. Do something you don't like doing. Do something you do not like doing. You're scared to do, and just do it. Uh, like sitting here talking to you now, you think for a second that I was prepared, and you called me at the first moment. <laughs> And I and I sit there and I thought for a minute when uh, you text me this morning I was like, yeah I would freaking love to be on that show mm -hmm. and I was like, oh Lord, mm -hmm. I better text her back and ask her when. <laughs> Do I need to take notes here? Do I need to write? <laughs> you know. Was, but you I, know what? I, I, I was scared. How long but, we've talked about this and what your what your dream was, even when you weren't sober, 
Right. I know what my dream is. What's uh, your dream? My dream is that I'm a people person, and my dream is to be a preacher one of these days, and, and, and I'm going to do it. I didn't tell you that part of that. Uh, remember I was telling you, I said, the minute I get my license back, and in November when I got that week off, I'm, I'm going to get me a 40-foot-long uh, Cadillac Eldorado, and I'm, I'm rolling up. <laughs> They're going to know I'm coming. They're going to know you're coming. Hey, it's working out in my time. Last time I decided I was going to, I've flown over Utah. I've went around Utah. This time I'm going straight there. Mm -hmm. I'm taking that week. I'm going into Utah mm -hmm. and I'm going down to, uh, that river and I'm going to, and I'm going to step in it. And then I'm going to go to the first church that I come into. And I'm going to say, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Now what? Mm -hmm. Just to see the response. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they might think I'm nuts. I might end up spending the next week. You might, you might not come back. You might need to check in with us. <laughs> But hey, I'm telling you what, uh, I, that uh, that dream come to me back in '96. It woke me up, and I couldn't believe it. Uh, that, that and oh, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to Utah, and I'm going to walk in that that river. I'm going to do that mm -hmm. in well, November. Do you believe that that's Kind of that purpose that's always been that fire inside of you. It's been nagging at me since 96. I might as well find out what it's all about now mm -hmm. that I, I mean, I, I think it's been, I've been meant to go there, meant to go there, meant to go there, but I wasn't ever going to get there until I sobered up mm -hmm. and got my mind straight and my, uh, my actions straight and, and uh, in line. And that first thought come to my head when I realized that I was so scared to get my license back that I waited 20 years. And my first thought when I, when I realized what was going to happen, I said, well, first place I'm going. <laughs> first place I'm going mm -hmm. is Utah. It's where I'm going. And I'm walking in that river. One, one step at a time. Right. But that is, that's, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Been talking about it for 20 years. 20 years you've talked about you lost your license. Yep. 20 years you had... You know, speeding tickets. Yep. You had suspended license. You had unpaid child support. Driving on fictitious tags. Uh, yeah. Always chasing. Always feeling like you didn't. You didn't measure up in your right. mind because exactly, yeah. you weren't being accountable to all these things that you were running from. Kind right. of you were hiding from, like, oh, nobody will find out. doesn't matter. Like, I'll never have to get it back anyway, so I'll just kind of cheat the system. You think? Yeah. You think. And, and I think about how much you have changed. Like, you have always had the heart of integrity, but not the strategies to be able to change your mindset. Right. And so looking at you now, how proud I am, and I know... All of the people that know you are so proud of what you're you're doing. You're doing it. You're doing it. Thank you. It's yeah. amazing because we all measure ourselves on, you know, whether it's faith or fitness or financial health, the spiritual health, whatever it is that we try to say, I'd like to be able to achieve this in my life, right? And some of those things that people are struggling with or basic. It's it's how do I hold a job? How do I make my bed in the morning? Yeah. It, it's one thing. It's focusing on that one thing that can say if I can get sober, 
then I may can f- fulfill my dream or my purpose. And maybe it's to drive to Utah. Maybe it's to get into that river. Maybe it's to become a pastor, right? Tell your story. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but see, all that, all that leads up to, well, it all just leads it, it, I have never felt better mentally and physically in forever. Mm-hmm. I, and know what I want to do. And wake up every morning knowing that it's going to happen and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Not having to second guess it. Where uh, a year ago, everything, everything I did was a second guess, second guess, second guess. Can I do it? And I'm not going to mess with it. And you'd, you'd slide right back into the same situation every time. Mm-hmm. Find yourself uh, in a mess every time you turn turn around. Yeah, you, you'd make it work for four or five months, and then boom, you'd be right back down there. Mm-hmm. And I remember for the last two winters. The last two? You're right, last two you've, winters. You've said to me, as it gets to this point of the year, September, October, Man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Winter's going to get me. It's going to be a cold one. It's going to be a cold one. I don't know where I'm going to live. I don't know where I'm going to live. I don't know what's going to happen. I hope I make it. I hope I don't die. This year, what's what are you thinking this year? That uh, well, that's what I quit doing. I quit thinking. Uh, I just know it's going to work. I don't have to ask myself where I'm going to be this winter. I'm there. Um, I don't know how else to say that. I'm, I'm, I'm there, and everything's uh, is. This is the whole thing. As long as I keep uh, keep on the same path that I'm on, uh, you, you can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that all goes back to consistency. Consistency, consistency, consistency. And uh, what did you? Th- so when you think about that, I mean, as as an alcoholic, right? And you think of that word consistency. And thinking about sobriety, right? The 12 steps, that's consistent. That's you've got to get up and do the same thing every day. Every day. You've got to keep up with it. And it puts in your mind. You can't slip. Mm-hmm. And if you do slip, what happens? It starts, it starts unraveling on you. You mm-hmm. can't. You, 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 you can't let it start unraveling because that is the beginning of downhill slope. You mm-hmm. just, you're going to go right downhill again. It's an everyday battle. And it and it becomes it becomes where it's not a battle anymore. It's it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. At first, it's a battle. Nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to change the way they are. But it changes an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. Every day. <laughs> what was it? Somebody posted on Facebook, uh, and I made a remark about it. Is oh my goodness, it's the same thing again today. Um, well, but what? What would it be if it wasn't? <laughs> I can't remember if that's exactly how it went, but I was like, I was like, well, you better be glad it is. You know what I'm saying? If it wasn't, where would you be? I mean, it's, it's. You know, there's so many things that talk about when you begin to change, everything around you begins to change. So yeah. when you see the world differently, yeah, the world also sees you differently. Yes. Right? Yes. Because that all comes, as my uncle would say, that you met my uncle Paul. Yes, love him, man. He's, it he's comes awesome. from within, yeah. right? 
Oh, another one, another good one for me is resentments. Mm-hmm. I, uh, that one I can't wrap my head around. I don't have any resentments. I know there's a lot of people that do. A lot of people have resentments. But for some reason, I'm able to let stuff just slide right off my back. It does not bother me. I do not resent anything. Mm-hmm. And that goes straight back to the thing is I wouldn't change a thing that has happened in my life. That would be a resentment. Oh, I resent the fact I did that. Well, I can't resent it now. Mm-hmm. Can't change it. I can make it better, but I can't change it. You can make it better. <laughs> hey, living proof right here. You can make it better. Uh, you can you make can, it better. And you can make it a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. Even in this short six, six months, I, I was telling you upstairs, I was making a measly $358 a week, paying $224 a week in rent, which is a lot to pay. It's almost a thousand a month. Mm-hmm. And people say, well, why do you keep paying that? You know, if you've got your drinking under control and everything, why do you why do you still stay there? Mm-hmm. I stay there because I still need the accountability. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it costs. If I have the accountability and in it's working for me, it's my money. If I want to spend a thousand dollars a month on rent, as long as it, and when I'm ready to go, I'll go. Mm-hmm. But when I go, I'm taking a lot with me. I'm taking everything I've learned and I'm going to put it to use. And I'm never going to let that go. Mm-hmm. Ever. No, because you've changed. Yes. And people that I meet and people that I talk to can learn from me and I can learn from them. Mm-hmm. And that's an everyday thing. And you, and every day you change. Every story you hear, you, uh, you learn something. It influences you. Big influence, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so tell me about your mentors. You know, before... Before you went into the Progress House. Didn't have any mentors. Didn't have any. You. But people in your life that you felt like influenced you. Well, right? yeah, my best friend, Greg. Uh, your, your best friend, Greg. And and he gave you lots of chances. Oh, yeah. Well, you know? My goodness. Uh, but you always said, oh, I can just, I can count on him. Right? I can count. I know if it gets really bad, I can reach out to him. Yeah. And he's going to help me. He's been... Maybe he's been in that path. He's been at a point where he can reach out and just help me. He can pull me back up. Yeah. Right? And so now you've experienced something completely different. Yeah. And you have Mike. Right. (laughs) You have Mike as your mentor. And you told me a story a few months ago where, you know, there's this person. If everybody closes their eyes, there's this person in this room. And you all just kind of come into this area and he just sits there and waits for people to come up. Oh, yeah, Frank. And engage with Frank, him. Frank, he sits in the corner. He doesn't sit in the corner. He sits in the middle of the room. Yeah. But he sits in the middle of the room where he can see every door. And he and he uh, sponsors quite a few people at Progress House. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite a few. And we was in a meeting the other day. And after your 90 days, you know, your sponsor get, get, gets up and gives you your chip. And... Everybody stood up. There was Frank giving them his, their ninety days. Mm-hmm. He just sponsored everybody, but and that's his paycheck. Mm-hmm. I was telling you about that. Is that he? That's how. He, that's his pay. Is that seeing these guys grow and and actually uh, accomplish sobriety mm-hmm. and want it. And you can tell when they're going to make it and when when they're not. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's great to see it because you can see people come in and you think, oh my goodness, there's no way. <laughs> I just ain't no way and surprise you but there's there's the fear in it you know what I'm saying when you come in you just don't know what to do you and you'll either get it or you won't 
mm-hmm. and uh, when you get it, it's it, it's like that. It, there's a light that snaps on, and you get it, and you want it. And when they said that to me, I kind of chuckled. I was like, "Well, I've been, I've been trying to get this down for years, and but it happened to me. Boom, there it was." Mm-hmm. And something it, was different this time. Something was definitely different this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think your message to people is no matter how to, how many times that you try to do something, if you know that that's supposed to be your journey. You know, since 1996, you've had this dream of, I think I need, I, I think I'm supposed to be something bigger. There's mm-hmm. something out there calling me. Something, yeah. I can't figure it out. I'm having trouble. God help me. I can't figure this out. Things are bad influences in my life. I can't make good decisions. I have this alcohol problem. Whatever this, you know, addiction or problems are, it doesn't even have to be alcohol related. No, There's it can a lot be of food. It could be, be anything. It can. It can be you like to run too much and your feet are giving out on you. And the doctor says you need to slow down, but you can't stop. You just get up and more. You got to run 10 miles. It's things that aren't good for you, right? right. It's the bad yeah. habits that we it's have in our life. And you got yeah, to learn how to change. It's just like smoking. Just uh, like smoking. It's anything that's a bad influence that you can say, but there's some purpose that is calling me to say, there's where you're supposed to be. Right. And if you keep focused on there's where you're supposed to be, how can you get there? See, but I ran from that for a long time, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I got poked and made fun fears, of it. Right. Because you're like the people that are around you are saying, eh, right, whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. You didn't. Yeah. yeah they don't you. believe in your dream. Right. And right. that's exactly where it started. A dream. It was literally a dream. Mm-hmm. It woke me up in the middle of the night. <laughs> and there ain't no denying it. Everywhere I time and turn around, there it is. It's, it's, and and but here you are, really, literally, twenty two years later, going. I kept following that inner voice. I kept trying to figure it out. I didn't know how I was going to get there. I almost died. <laughs> yeah, had a lot of struggles on the path, but I started paying attention to that voice saying. There is something that is inside of me that is greater than what I'm doing. Definitely. There's something I'm supposed to be doing. When you get to the pearly gates, if you believe in God, right? Right. Oh, yeah. And it's really not where you, did you sin? Did you not sin? Everybody sins. But it's, did you use what I gave you? Did you? There you go. There you go. What was that that was, that was said? When I get, why do I do the things that I do? Uh, somebody said, and he said, because when I get to the pearly gates and God asked me, did you, did you use everything that I, did you use what I gave you? Did you use your potential? Did you use the potential that I gave you? You want to be able to say, yeah, don't you? <laughs> and I haven't used it in 22 years, mm-hmm. but I was good at it when I, uh, 46 years, yeah, 46 years. You're starting to use it though. You've started to learn this whole journey of why it's so important to really help you share your story. This is only the beginning for you. Yeah, it really is. It, uh, it really is. It's, uh, it's the beginning. It's the beginning. And so many things, when you said bef- before your birthday on October 10th last year, you said, I'm going to change. I, you know, this, it's 45. My next years are going to be different. And so you knew 
Like you decided that this year was going to be the year that you did something to make a difference. Yeah, but I kept doing it wrong, kept doing it wrong, kept doing it wrong. I mean, come on. You kept doing it wrong. And (laughs) then you finally, but you were persistent enough to say, there is something that's telling me that it's got to be different. Yeah, I mean, it has to be. And and the minute you, I wish I could reach out to everybody and just shake them one time. Get it. Just understand it. And you, and you, you can't. You can't. You can't. You got to do it yourself. I would, you know, right. I mean, I can't think of how many people freaking actually literally did that to me. <laughs> Get it right. Yeah, I think there were a lot of people. <laughs> but, you know, it's because you don't know what else to do on the outside. Right. Yeah, no, they all like, oh, man, that's easy. You can do it. You, know, you can't. <laughs> I, said, well, I quit smoking for six years and I'm smoking again. <laughs> See, now that's one thing. It's just the same thing. You know what? <laughs> hey, as long as I don't pick up that drink, I'm not drunk. Mm-hmm. Now, you can be a dry drunk and, and everybody, hey, you, you might as well just go back to drinking. <laughs> I can't stand around you being a dry drunk either. <laughs> no. Go vape. You, you just know, might as well pick up a cigarette and smoke. <laughs> but, Mike, the biggest, one of the biggest things I think in this lesson is it's you have begun to see yourself differently. And we, you know, chapter three, I love chapter three and it talks about the law of the mirror, the law of the mirror. That's funny. Cause I'm, I was telling Greg the, the, the other day, he was saying something. And I said, and I told him, I said, it, it's like the, uh, the pawn looking in the mirror and seeing a King. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's exactly what it's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see it differently. And you know, and the thing is before, you know, let's go back a couple of years ago. You didn't believe in yourself enough, but you always projected that out on other people. Like, oh, they don't have it together. They don't. They don't know what they're doing. I don't, you know, yeah, well, it's everybody I, else's fault, right? That's all they. Yeah, they are idiots. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. I don't have to know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know. And now that you've gone through this experience, when you read chapter three, the law of the mirror, the law of the mirror, yeah, it changes you. Because now you're confident to be able to help other people say, it's okay. It's within you, right? It's it's within you to be able to do it on your own time. Yes, it is within you to do it in your own time. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, to me, that's, don't do it because everybody wants you to. Wrong reason. Wrong reason to do it. Don't do it. Don't do it because the law wants it wants you to. Because I can tell you right now, I've seen it all day long. The law wants you to do it. You ain't gonna do it. You're gonna be right back on probation. You're gonna be right back in jail. If the law gives you that chance to go down there and get it straight, do it because you want to. Mm-hmm. Don't do it because they're making you. You won't make it. Mm-hmm. It's got to be within. So what do you? You know what are your dreams? What do you want to do next? I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But what's the process look like to you? November, you get a you get a Cadillac. You drive out no, that, to Utah. No, the, the, no. the Cadillac was a joke. But, <laughs> I mean, it's a good one. I don't care what you say. Anybody who can find a forty foot grand. Uh, All right. So what Cadillac color is it? Auto, what color is it? It's going to be bright white. And it's okay. going to have those old fashioned lamps on the top of it and <laughs> peanut butter top and everything. It's going to have it's going to have it all. I can't wait to take a picture of you in that. <laughs> It'll be forty foot long. You're going to see me coming. <laughs> So, so really, like you are very intentional now. So it's yes, I'm it's uh, almost October. Yeah, it's almost your birthday. Yeah, 
You keep saying that. <laughs> it is. It it's is. a big it, landmark. It, it rolled around pretty quick. That's a big yeah. landmark for you. So so in November, you get this car. You drive out to Utah. No, I'm getting a car before November, but my, I got a week off in November. So I'm going to use that time wisely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not just going to fart it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, yeah, I'm going to. I don't know if it's going to be a Cadillac. I think I might rent a... Never know. Rent a motorhome or something. <laughs> that would be awesome. Who's going to go with you? I don't know. Do you yet. have any plans? I don't know yet. Yeah. I might just go out there by myself. I think it might. I, in my dream, there wasn't nobody with me. I walked in that river by myself. Mm-hmm. I think I'll probably have to go by myself. Wow. And then who knows what your next journey is, but. I have no idea. You know, um, becoming, being able I think in the in this preacher, and you think you know. Well, my son become a minister, and I—I'm telling you what, I was—that just was the greatest thing. I, I, I had to read it on Facebook. Uh, me and my son should talk more often. And, mm-hmm. How's uh, your relationship changed with your son now that you're going through this? We talk. We talk. Talk more. We. We just. He's got his thing going, and uh, very busy with school and stuff, and. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a lot better than it was. That's good yeah. because you're you're beginning to change your beliefs about yourself, which are going to help all, all your relationships. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Integrity is another thing, right? Right? Right there. Uh, when you say something and you actually can, and you actually follow through, follow through. It's a good one. Follow through. That's. That's. That's another <laughs> one I had to keep reading over and over. Uh, mm-hmm in there and yeah you gotta follow through if you ain't a man in your word you ain't nothing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you have to believe it you know all, all of these things right the beliefs the consistency the accountability there's another one I wanted to I, I, the I wanted one to thing do. right the one thing that you do and um, and it goes back and you've talked about the rubber band you've talked about the trade-offs the trade-offs are big. Because the trade-offs are big. That's, wow, that one there is amazing. Because I read that, and I was like, oh, my goodness, here we go. Trade-offs, trade-offs. And I didn't get it at, at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's sacrifice, and you think, oh. How can you make a, how can you make a big sacrifice for such a small uh, gain? But then the small gain becomes... <laughs> <laughs> becomes huge gains. And I caught that firsthand, so... <laughs> So talk talk to me about that. Like I said, uh, <laughs> I was making three hundred and fifty six dollars a week, and uh, and then I changed up for something smaller, uh, less money. And for some reason, since I've since I've sobered up, uh, I've gotten fired from more jobs. <laughs> then then I get I've been fired from three jobs in six months. <laughs> one of them from my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that? Because he couldn't work with me sober and I couldn't work with him. Yeah. Because I was drunk. <laughs> we so joke about that to this day. You have a different relationship now, right? <laughs> no, we still got the same relationship. <laughs> we just don't work. We we don't work on. We don't work together as employee and employer in, mm-hmm. anymore. We, <laughs> hey, that doesn't work out. <laughs> We've known each other too long, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, no, like I said, it's great to when I can uh, open up an envelope and eleven hundred dollars in there for for the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's 
three times what I was making. Mm-hmm. And and it is. And it'd be thirteen fifty, but I keep wanting to make a draw in the middle of the week. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not for alcohol anymore. No, it's not. As a matter of fact, I'm 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 looking on each bank account, and I'm like, okay, man, uh, all right, do I want to pay this off first? Do I want to pay this off? And uh, and I'll risk it. Some 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 sometimes I'll pay a little bit more here, and I'll be like, ah. Knowing that I don't like to see my account get below five hundred dollars. Now mm-hmm. I do not like it. If it gets below five hundred, I am frantic, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know why. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And before, even a year ago, I didn't know where my next penny was coming from. Oh, I knew where it was coming from, but I knew exactly where it was going too. Mm-hmm. It was going straight over to the marathon. Give me a beer. It mm-hmm. didn't make no difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no, it's not that way. And so that security that you feel now, that what you've learned right through this process is you don't want to let that go. Like that's uh, so um, important to you because it gives you a purpose. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, it really does. Mm-hmm. I, no one, the stability is, I love it. I've not had stability in years Come on, I lived in hotels. Every time you turn turn around, well, what what hotels Mike living in now? How long is he gonna make it there? <laughs> I bet she's close to a liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> when I worked with Greg, he would when I would go to live in a hotel, he would make sure that I was staying at a hotel that was not close to a liquor store because he knew if it was <laughs> be in big trouble. <laughs> he wouldn't he show up for work. He or he'll come in in the morning, but he's going right back home too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to live that way. Mm-hmm. And I say that all the time, too. Somebody says, uh, what was it? Something stupid. I, said, I don't have to live like that anymore. It was a peanut butter sandwich or something. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I don't have to eat that. I don't have to live that, that, that way anymore. But, because you made a choice. Yeah, you make a choice. Mm-hmm. You make that choice, but you got to stick with it. And you got, I mean, it's, I mean... You really got to stick to your guns. I mean, it's it's a it's a life, it's a life change. But you can't turn back. You can't. Nope. You can't. You gotta just. You just gotta do it. What? Um, and we look at November, and then we think beyond that. Have you thought about what you want to contribute back to the world? See, that starts slow. That starts slow. That starts small. Uh, and I'm starting slow, starting simple, giving back, which is another big thing is in some sobriety is, is giving back mm-hmm. and helping others that are less fortunate than you are or that was in the same situation that you are and, and lending out a hand not taking their hand and guiding them out of it and, and pampering them and everything else but you know let them know hey man I'm here and I care and I was there and I can help you and I'll help you along but if you slip up and come back expecting a handout you're 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 talking to the wrong guy and I'm going to let you know about it mm-hmm. but I I buy an extra pack of cigarettes one once a week and when I go in the progress house I'll see who's who is doing, you know, who's who's going above and beyond, who's really trying, and you know they're down on their luck, they're waiting on their first paycheck, or they, and they don't have any cigarettes or anything. And I'll say, you know what, man, I say here's a pack of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. I, I see, you know, you're struggling, and you're trying, 
So here, you know, that's just a little bit. Um, and anybody needs any, anything, I'm, you know, I'm need change for laundry or they need, you know, they're short on money for the week or something. I'll help them out. I'll, I'll give back. But that's just small. But that's a big deal, Mike. But that's just small. Now, what I want to do in the future as far as, and as far as, uh, I mean, Progress House to me can give you all kinds of opportunities to help people. I mean, nonstop, you can help them all day long, every day. Uh, and they give you that opportunity. Now, where I want to go with that is a completely different story because I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I, I mean, I want to be a service to the community. And when I say I want to be a preacher, I want to be a, uh, a I want to be, I want to, I want to speak to people. I want to, and I, I think I've told you this too. I can see myself up on stage uh, mm-hmm. uh, speaking, talking to people. I think you have a great story to tell, to help and encourage and inspire and motivate people there through a lot go. of things, right? It's just, it's not about what you're, maybe <laughs> somebody's not doing exactly your journey, but it's those things you've learned so many strategies. Right. And, and to watch somebody go through their journey and talk to them about it and me learn from what they're, you know, they're, what they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a payoff in itself because there's it's true. It, it's going to be, you know, everybody's going to go down them rocky roads and they're all going to like every addict has the same story, but it's, it's the same story. It's just in different versions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I it mean, just has it, different characters. Different characters, different versions, but it's all the same story. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've all gotten a fight with a sidewalk and sidewalk one. <laughs> <laughs> it's an, and it goes back to choices and beliefs. Choices and beliefs, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've always been a big believer. Big, I'm strong in, in belief. And this is another thing. And I told them when I got in the progress house, I said, I'm telling you what, I said, I'm not going to go down that religious road. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going that way this time. And I wasn't going to. Um, But AA is a religious-based program, too. It is. Mm -hmm. But like they said, you can... Your higher belief can be that doorknob right there. We don't care what your what your belief is, but you better believe in something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can worship that bloating sandwich <laughs> if that's what if that's, if that's what's going to help gonna you have a higher power. Focused, right? <laughs> right and, that's what's going to keep you focused. Well, and we talk about so many things in if you go to church, if you believe in the Bible, if you believe in you know the Ten Commandments, the Twelve Steps, the Fifteen Laws. Like there are so many things. It's what speaks to you. Right. Right. And it's what speaks to you in your own time to be able to kind of just assess your life and say, does this make sense? Am I adding value to the world there you go. and to myself? What's another word for assess? That's the word I'm looking for is that other yeah. word. <laughs> remember, I told you I'd, 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 I'd remember the word. I just can't remember. I still can't remember the name well, of the Well, yeah, word. you're assessing your life, right? In your yeah. journaling. So you're yeah. reflecting on everything. Yeah, they've got a word for it. I can't remember <laughs> what it is. We'll think about it right after this. Uh, right. I'm, I'm telling you. It's, but it's, it's huge. So so you before had written things down in, in a journal format. But for people that haven't experienced that, like that helps you 
kind of say, like, you know, you said, hey, who are the people that I've hurt in my life? Yes. And to be able to honestly just reflect on that and say, okay, why did I do that? And a lot of the times what we realize is it was for selfish reasons. It really was. Because we were thinking of ourselves first and we weren't trying to say, you know, if I approach this situation differently, how could I try to think about what can I do to help them? And you and you said, is there somebody that's struggling that I could give a pack of cigarettes to? Is there somebody that's struggling that I could help give change to? That, you know, you take yourself out of out of that situation and you think about that other person first. <coughs> that's the lesson. Like you've you've come so far. You always had this in you. But now you have you've removed the component that didn't allow you, right, to be right. to use your strengths. And now you're shining because you're using these strengths that you have from within you. Yeah, I've been writing them down is a big thing. Um, if you write them down in the morning, do them. Take mm-hmm. them. Take them with you. Mm-hmm. Take them with you. It says that in the fifteen. 15 mm-hmm. <laughs> Carry it with you. Carry it with you. Carry right. this book on a Kindle or an iPhone or whatever. Right. You know, or you're writing notes. Uh, write it down. Write and, it down. And, and and look at it frequently. Mm-hmm. And have that have that little drawer or have that little notepad that the good things, right? Yeah. People that have written you, text you, send you, Facebook you, whatever. It's important because it keeps your energy up to where you know that the things that you're doing have a purpose and you're on your right journey. Yeah. You're on your right journey. Well, Mike, thank you for being an everyday leader. Hey, I'm glad to hear that right there. I've been... (laughs) That's awesome. You are an everyday leader. You're the epitome of what this program is about, lifting people up, inspiring them to say, look at your own life, assess your life, figure out what it is that you need to learn, and then put yourself in the right environments and around the right people to be able to help you get what you need. And they are there. They are there. You just got to... You gotta, you gotta want it. You gotta want you it. You gotta want it. I mean, then you see them want it and fail, and want it and fail, and want it and fail. And I was one of them same people. You want it, but you don't want it enough. Mm-hmm. You don't want it enough. Mm-hmm. You don't want it enough, or you would be able to use that to change. Right. We have a sidewalk out there in front of Progress House. It's a uh, bricks of men that came and have not made it. And uh, some of them very young. Well, just like when I was at uh, Wheeler Mission, the my roommate was 24 years old at the time, same age as my son. And uh, he got kicked out of there and wasn't out six hours, overdosed and died. Now that is when I started to feel pain again. Mm-hmm. Is because I realized that he was just a child. And that quick... Took his life. Yeah, accidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and begged and pleaded with him, man, if you, Gerald, if you ever go back out, don't do it again, man. Don't do it again. It'll probably be your last. And it was. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Mm-hmm. But that that sidewalk with all those bricks in front of there is a reminder to us every morning that we walk out there that you could be next. Mm-hmm. It's that, I mean, it's a life or death situation with anything. Mm-hmm. 
But too much of anything can kill you. Right. Right. It's always about a balance. Yeah. But for you, this journey to be able to share your story and help so many people that are struggling with this to go, I don't know, it's scary. I don't know that I can do it. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Right. Because a lot of, well, a lot of young kids today and stuff, uh, they've never had to experience uh, homelessness or uh, they've always got somebody to take care of them and it enable them. You got to get rid of that first. Mm-hmm. Got to. Mm-hmm. When you start taking it on your own, Mike's lessons today are own it. Own it. Own it, make the choice, and become who you're supposed to be. Right. Don't play the don't play the blame game. It ain't nobody's fault. <laughs> nobody's fault. Nobody's fault. So Mike, give us a give us your favorite quote in closing. My favorite quote. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my favorite. Uh, from what from what? From anything? From anything. <laughs> a quote to remember Mike Qualls. <laughs> some days chickens and some days feathers. <laughs> some days chickens, some days are feathers. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> All right. On that note, we will sign off. Mike, I love you. Thank you. I love you too, Millie. Thank you for, for everything you're doing to inspire people. I can't wait to have you at our leadership summit on stage to share your story. That's coming in March. That's right. March. I need to hurry up and get my ticket. That's right. <laughs> I've seen it. I meant to do right. it that day. I'm, I, right. I meant to do it. Everybody that's day. listening to this, Mike Qualls will be there I on stage to connect to you me. and share. So if I can get up here on stage, you better believe I will. You better believe it. You better believe it. You got a lot to share. So thank you for your inspiration. Keep doing what you're doing. You're awesome. Thank you. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to Indianapolis, Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. Join me along with the 50 and 50 guests from Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. This exclusive event will take place at the beautiful Newfields Indianapolis Museum of Art on Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. You won't want to miss this one-of-a-kind leadership workshop where you will personally engage with these 50 leaders and learn how to apply their strategies to live your life with success. Don't miss this opportunity. You can be a part of this exclusive inaugural leadership summit here in Indianapolis, March 2nd, 2019. Remember, there's limited space available, so reserve your spot now. If you know of anyone that would be interested in sponsoring this exclusive event, please have them contact me directly at make at makeconnectionsforlife.com. Thank you for following the podcast of Everyday Leaders 50 and 50.